chance to win this with a field goal. Give me time. Give me time. Wait, there's a timeout. They're going to ice the kicker. I've never seen anything like this in my life. The snap is good. Threads are up. Time to ice the kicker. Boom. <clears throat> Week five. What are you saying, NFL fans? Welcome along to Ice the Kicker with me, Tom Deacon, and the one and only Charlie Hawkins. Yes, we got five on it. Take that. It is week five. We are bringing it to you hot. <laughs> I'm loving the impression so far on the podcast, Charlie. Uh, week four uh, is on the door. Uh, just rhymes. Uh, it's done and dusted, Charlie. We're looking ahead to week five. Uh, and excitingly for this podcast, our first guest of season three, uh, we welcome the one and only Mr. Adam Goldstein onto the show later on in the pod. Uh, the man uh, from the fame of Tailgate. Uh, to have a look at the NFL in America. So I'm looking forward to having a chat with him. But is it going to be all right, Charlie? He's a Bears fan. And obviously, you being a Packers fan, there's not going to be any animosity, is there? No, no bad blood whatsoever. Because on this show, we include everyone. It's your team, your voice. We get everyone involved. And if he's a Bears fan, so be it. We can give him, what, four seconds of air? I'm I'm more than happy with that. If he wants to say his name, it's good, good to go. Good stuff. Uh, well, listen, uh, don't forget, Ice the Kicker Pod uh, welcomes you along uh, on here. Um, uh, spread the word. We love it when you uh, give us your little feedback on our Twitter as well, uh, which is at Ice the Kicker Pod. Uh, very much enjoying this. Charlie, I'm going to kickstart things this week. We will look at the news. Uh, what else is on the game sheet? Let me have a little look. Um, oh, um, lacing up the cleats. We'll be chatting about the matches uh, that happened in week four, and then we'll be looking ahead uh, to week five. But Charlie, kickstarting it, uh, there's only three teams that are undefeated heading into week five. Who are those teams, Charlie? Oh, no wonder you started with this, because I think one of them, perhaps, maybe, I mean, they did have a buy, so technically that's why. But is it the 49ers by any chance? Ah, it's funny you should say that, Charlie. Yes, the 49ers, my team, uh, are 3 and O, oh, so loving life. Uh, but the other two teams are, of course, the Patriots and the Chiefs. And it's fair to say, um, they, they sort of scraped by uh, this week, but we'll get to that in a second. However, Charlie, uh, week four seemed to be the week of um, backup quarterbacks again uh, going into, into these matches. Um, but having to talk about some of the big games, what a score uh, that was uh, between... Um, the Bucks and the Rams, but I think it was a week for hard-hitting tackles, wasn't it? Oh, God. I mean, if we're talking hard-hitting tackles, some of the hits we saw this week, I mean, Burfett on Doyle, he's now been suspended for the for the remainder of the season. Apparently, he is going to appeal that suspension, but they wanted to take a stance with him, and that's absolutely fine, and it was a terrible, terrible late hit. But what annoys me in the NFL is... The double standards, Tom. If 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 we if one hit is is worth an ejection or a suspension, and then another one, it's completely no. It goes unpunished. That Derek Barnett hit on Jamal Williams. Take away the Green Bay thing or whatever. The whistle was blown. He had three Eagles players behind him. He was absolutely going nowhere. Why would a, a three hundred pound player come in with his head first and hit him? Williams out of the game in a concussion protocol. That was a dirty, dirty, disgusting hit. We've got we've got no time for place in the game with hits like this. And mm. weirdly, it was a weekend for bad and very late hits. Yeah, it, it did seem that when I was watching the highlights of that game, I, I did think of you, Charlie, because in that game, uh, the Eagles 
at the at Green Bay, um, there were two players taken out of the game on stretches, which we, we never like to see as NFL fans, um, one of which was for the Eagles late in the game. Uh, I think it was uh, Maddox, the, the cornerback, um, uh, colliding with his own player, got taken out. But it just seemed a bit nasty. Like Some tackles seemed to be, that's fine. The Wilson, the, they probably haven't heard the whistle. They just want to make sure that player is down. However, I mean, that Burfett one for the Raiders against Doyle, it, it, he was absolutely defenseless. There's no way you can even defend that tackle, is there? Well, this is the problem. And look, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that players are dirty or there's dirty intentions. When you are that heavy and you run that fast, the whistle gets blown so quick. It's very hard to stop yourself. And a player can dark and, you know, you can have a helmet to helmet hit. And, you know, it, it's very unfortunate that that happened because a player can load to the shoulder and whatnot. But some of these hits like Doyle already on the ground, going nowhere. He like he was on his knees. Where was he going? The Williams hit had three Eagles behind him. The play was blown dead. Like I don't, I, I just don't understand this, this, these plays. It's just terrible. We, we we're trying to eradicate this out of the game. It's, it feels like we took a sort of mini back step this weekend. Mm. And um, and obviously you're running back taken out. You still had Aaron Jones there, Charlie. Did you, did you think that maybe they'd had a game plan? I mean, I remember the commentators saying throughout the game, Matt Lafleur probably had uh, a, a, an idea or a plan to use Williams more in the game. Do you think it it sort of didn't help uh, the Green Bay because they've been trying to have a bit more of a running game this year? Do you think that's maybe why you didn't get that win? Uh, no, I mean you have to give credit to the Eagles. They're a very good side. They're you know if it weren't for a few moments in games, they could have easily been three and zero. So still were the same, pretty much the core of that team that won the Super Bowl. I pretty much said this was almost not a trap game for the Packers because we had a terrible year last year, but our three and zero start, people were high on us. Eagles, very difficult to beat. Um, although we've got very good defence this year and it's taken a leap, our run defence is, is quite leaky and the Eagles proved that with Howard getting three touchdowns. But anytime you lose... Uh, a key piece on offense, whether it's a wide receiver, tight end, or running back like Jamal Williams, who who really does split the carries with Aaron Jones, you know, it's it's going to be a loss because because it was so early. There were loads of scripted plays for Williams to get involved in, and and that ha- and that happens. And we didn't uh, on our active squad, we didn't have another replacement. We didn't dress up Dexter Williams. He was on the inactive list. So that was the chance you take the one time you don't have a backup and then the running back went down. So he had to change things, but there you go. I mean, Packers did have, they was at the goal line and uh, and they couldn't get it in at four attempts. They tried to pass it four attempts. And, you know, maybe if Williams was on the goal line, he would have shared that with Jones, would have been, the defence would have had to worry about both. Maybe we would have got it in, which would have been a touchdown, could have been a different result unless it wasn't a different result and the Eagles, fair play to them. Yeah, fair play to the Eagles. Um, and also, I, I love that new running back you got. Uh, it's called, I think it's Aaron Rodgers. Uh, great yardage uh, from, from Aaron Rodgers. He hadn't really wanted to run uh, all season, but then putting up some numbers. Um, but you don't really want your quarterback to be running. And that seems to be the case at the moment with um, uh, in the NFL, Trubisky. Uh, he likes to to move about out of the pocket, try and um, try and keep the play alive. Um, he fell onto his shoulder um, and and is was injured, so Chase Daniel had to come in. Um, I, I don't know if that's going to be a massive loss for the Bears. Trubisky coming out, I know he's their elite quarterback, they call him. But hot take, hot take. But uh, but I don't think they're going to miss him. Chase Daniel did a very succinct job and actually. Uh, it seemed better and managed to get their passing game uh, moving along. And they were incredible on, on defense. But um, 
do you think it's a big loss, Trubisky? Being well, it's, it, I mean, anytime you lose your starting quarterback, I know the point you're making. It's still a big loss in the sense that he is their starting quarterback, you know. He's going to know it inside out. He's the man to lead him. They did get to the playoffs last year, even though he hasn't been great this year. But a lot of people, maybe Nagy's play calling hasn't been great this year. He hasn't used Montgomery's. He's not using the right pieces. So, yeah, it's a loss. But it isn't a loss when Chase Daniels come in and maybe he was a bit freer. Maybe Trubisky's not as good as first fall. Um, Chase Daniel is someone that's... Um, been in the Nagy system so he knows it very well he hasn't got to get up to speed that's why they paid that money for him I'm not personally that high on Chase Daniels I'm high on his business sense because I think he's got like four starts and 34 million guaranteed or something not not bad not bad at the business stakes but he did do well on the weekend and maybe this is the boost they need and I don't want to say they don't have to play much offense because this is a team game but the Bears defense is there it's set I mean even on the weekend they are frightening it's it's absolutely scary that Bears defense you know it's carried on under Chuck Pagano and uh they just you know the defense is always going to keep them in games even when that offense isn't moving the chains if they can if they can put up points like they kept the Vikings to six points on the six points on the weekend I think so we know what we're getting yeah, and a massive shout out. I wanted to do that actually uh, for Chuck Pagano there with Vic Fangio, Vic Fangio going to the Broncos, becoming the head coach there. People have said that the defense at the Bears would would slide, but Chuck Pagano doing a fantastic job. The fact that they managed to keep Dalvin Cook, uh, their their elite weapon at the Vikings, to to next to nothing in 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 yards was. Um, I, I had to say, my hats off to the Bears. I I I loved their display at the weekend. Yeah, and, and, and that's exactly it. And you mentioned Vic Fangio there. You know, we, we every week we talk about something that's fickle and fans changing their minds. Last week it was Danny Dimes, Daniel Jones. People were burning the shirts, calling out Gettleman. I've not heard one bad word of Gettleman. They're back to two and two, you know, giants going crazy. What can they achieve now? It's, it's crazy how quick we turn. And me and you included in that. We do it. That's that's almost the beauty and the, the the horrible side to sports. But this week's one is Vic Vangio. I've heard all over social media. And you know social media, it spreads like wildfire. But uh, Vic Fangio, oh, maybe he was only good because of the elite pieces he had in Chicago. Look at Denver, they can't win a game. Nothing's happening from. It's been four games. It's the first time people are playing in his system. They need to change from last year. It takes a little while, you know, that second year jump. Like already, I'm seeing tweaks like this. It's absolutely crazy. It is crazy indeed, Charlie. And and um, hey, but listen, the, the NFL keeps rolling on. Uh, we're watching so much of it happen. And you talk about quarterbacks that have to step up. You talked about Chase Daniel and his uh, bank account. Fair play to him. Uh, he did enough. For the Bears uh, to, to to rally uh, against the Vikings and make sure that you know the backup quarterbacks are there for a reason. They step up. Bridgewater's done that. Uh, the Gardner, the man with the tash, uh, Mason Rudolph has stepped up. Matt Barkley, I feel feel like didn't quite step up for the Bills against the Patriots. And um, but hey, you're relying on those backups to to take a leap. Um, and the likes of Carl Allen. I, I know we're going to look ahead to that game in a bit because it's going to be the Panthers and the Jags going head-to-head, but it seems like this year has been the the backup year. Yeah, well, that's it. And, you know, we hear about in the NFL, it's the next man up, and it's a bit of a weird sidestep. But this is why sometimes, you know, especially in that running back position and other positions, people struggle to get paid because we know that maybe we can get a younger guy, a fresher guy, and for all you put all your chips in one guy, you know, who would have thought 
a couple of years back that we, you know, we'd be talking anyone else at the Panthers than Cam Newton. And now people are saying, again, we come back to that fickleness. People are saying, maybe Cam should get, you know, a change of scenery, a fresh start somewhere else. The injuries plagued him. They can get these wins under Carl Allen, you know, different type of player. Maybe it suits us. It's crazy that, you know, they've had back-to-back wins under Kyle Allen. And now, look what happens. They gave all that money to Nick Foles, the Jags, this summer. Now look at Minshew on people like, oh, it's the highest rating. We can do so much with him. He's got, a, you know, mobility in the pocket. And you just never know who's behind you ready to step up. Yeah, um, there's uh, a quiz question uh, to you, Charlie. But before I get there, another backup. And we have to talk about it because uh, it's part of our boom or bust, which will be coming up later on on the show today. So make sure you, you stick around for that. But Haskins, the man taken in the first round by the Redskins, finally gets his shot. Um, was it as good as uh, Danny Dimes? Not quite. Three interception uh, wasn't necessarily worth the wait. But um, I feel like I have to say on this backup situation, I, I know I've said on this show that Case Keenum is great for what Case Keenum does. He is the transition. He's the bridge between um, the new uh, coming through quarterback. Um, and I feel sorry for both of those quarterbacks because Haskins thrown into a situation in the game where, you know, he wasn't exactly going to be a success. They hoped that. But, you know, I feel sorry for both of them now because who's going to start in the next game? And, um, and is Haskins ready to take on those Patriots? Well, one thing I, I didn't like about this, this is NFL. I don't know if they're just trying to, you know, keep things in-house or they don't like to give too much away. But sometimes a bit of honesty will just help because in the week leading up to that Giants game, Jay Gruden, the Redskins coach, said, uh, we're, st- we're sticking with Case Keenum. We want to play Case Keenum. Um, it's only been a few weeks. It's the first time he's getting used to the offensive line, the wide receiver. It takes time to build chemistry. I'm not just going to chuck him out. We're not going to be a team that just quickly changes in. Now Haskins comes in. Do you know what I mean? So, and Haskins behind that line, I'm not so sure. Give him, give him a little bit of time. Yeah, um, it, and it's interesting that that, I mean, you never put a quarterback in when things are going well, uh, apart from them, the Patriots uh, put their uh, their backup quarterback in against the Jets. He threw a pick six, and guess what? He came out again, and Brady took over. But, um, yeah, it, it, very interesting. The, 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 the Redskins in that game uh, still know Trent Williams as their left tackle to, to try and protect the quarterback, and whatever they decide to do against the Patriots, I feel like you're right. A little bit of honesty would, would go a long way. And, and if Haskins isn't ready to play against the Patriots, why bring him in? Here's the quiz question for you, Charlie, and to everybody else. What does the number 15,000 mean? It means that it's 15,000. It means it's one more than 14,999. On the nail. Thank you very much, Charlie, uh, for, for pointing that out. Uh, no, the, the, the big meaning behind 15,000 uh, is, of course, the one and only Mr. Frank Gore. There's the news, Charlie, uh, becoming the, the fourth. Uh, leading uh, rushing yard, a, a running back. Um, he's so close to Barry Sanders in third place. But what a milestone for that running back. We talked about who the next person up is, whatever the position. Uh, he's a running back that just doesn't know when to say, I've had my time. I completely did not know where you was getting at. Of course, it's Frank Gore. Uh, my head was lost their head in the shed. But the thing I love about Frank Gore, not... He's someone I first almost one of the first players, you know, you fall in love with a game with. I remember you being very fond of him and watching him and 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 just all these highlight stuff. But you know, he's almost ageless. He's a player that's almost avoided father time because 
He hasn't slowed down. His game's still the same, the same style. He still gets first downs. He still gets the touchdowns. He's still doing it to purpose yards. He's still a absolute brute. So difficult to bring down. And you know what? He spoke after. The man is so humble. It's all about team first, isn't it? You know, yeah. he says, oh, I'm just concentrating on next week. Doesn't want the personal accolades. He's just he's just a real pro's pro, Frank Gore. You know, I can't say enough good about him. Yeah, and indeed, Bill's so close to, to maybe coming back. They had a perfect opportunity, opportunity against the Patriots. Their defense had done so well, but just couldn't get across the line on that. Um, we have to talk about it, Charlie, as, as a, a game from week four. It's the Bucks versus the Rams. Uh, almost uh, 100 points uh, by both teams. Uh, not by both teams, but overall. Um, what a game it was. What a shootout. Did you expect the Bucks? to beat the Rams? Because I know for a fact I, I, they weren't in my accumulator to get that win. Well, the thing is, you say that about the Bucks, and there's always that one surprise team. Maybe not a surprise for the Bucks fans, but surprising that the, the wins that they're, they're getting this year, you know, and they could absolutely go on a hot run now. Don't bet against them to go into New Orleans, uh, to play the New Orleans Saints this weekend and get a result. That's what they can do. And we spoke in the last few weeks and, and everyone's starting to become aware of this Bucks defence under top bowls and what they can do. And and it's right, you know, it's really taking a leap. Maybe I know this weekend on the stats with the Rams getting 40 points. But let's not forget what they can do on offence as well. Go into LA in what is a very good defence under Wade Phillips, putting up 55 points, getting the W. James Winston looks now to be willing to take a sack almost before he always tried to throw it when he was being chased was try to uh, evade those sacks and that was when he would throw interceptions now he seems more willing to take sacks and whoever's working for him you know is it B is it Brian Leftwich the offensive coordinator and the mm. one calling the plays there's so much coaching going on and let's not forget he's getting wonders out of Chris Godwin Mike Odwin Mike Evans is an absolute stud anyway I think they're like both in the top five for wide receiver fantasy points. We know OJ Howard's not really getting uh, the usage, but we know what he can do. He, he helps great at, at the line of scrimmage blocking as well. Ronald Jones, he's another one that's weird. We I spoke to Murph from Five Yard Russian. He's he's the highest rated running back via PFF. So things are trending up for for uh, the Buccaneers. It was the last few weeks everyone wanted to talk about the defense, but if your offense is going to put up fifty five points as well, don't sleep on them that way because you'd be hard to beat if if uh, opposing defenses can't stop you either. Yeah, indeed. I I feel like I went against the Bucks because of what the Rams can do on on defense with uh, Aaron Donald. He, he's lethal, but. Like you say there with, uh, with the running back, Jones, he did, they did such a good job of being patient, running the football, tiring out Donald. Uh, and Jameis Winston, you know, he was working the field. And, and that's the thing about Jameis Winston. He can look average some weeks. And other weeks you're like, well, that is why he was the first pick in the draft. I mean, this guy is exceptional. And with the likes of Chris Godwin, the, the sort of forgotten man, but everyone he's making a name for himself right now. And, and you, you did say there a, a fantastic uh, showing in fantasy. The best thing for me in that game, Charlie, was when um, the kicker scored a 58 yard uh, field goal. Um, and if they didn't get that, the Rams would have been back in the game. And, and I felt there was a couple of games in week four where if, it, when Melvin Ingram uh, had a fumble uh, and the Ravens were one score down, but then all of a sudden they fumble the ball. Now they're two touchdowns behind. It, it, it seemed like that in a couple of games. And uh, hats, uh, you know, hats off to to the um, 
to the Bucks for doing it. And in Domerica and Sue, just to rub salt in the wounds <laughs> as he ran back to get that touchdown uh, where he used to play at the Rams was, um, was just the, the cherry on the cake for me. It certainly was. Watch out for those Bucks in some big games this weekend. Yeah, indeed. Um, any other games to, to, to look at, Charlie, from week four? The, the Browns getting their, their win on the road uh, against the Ravens. And, and now, for the first time since, I think, 2014, they're top of the division, uh, which, which all of a sudden is a real turnaround. Is this the Browns that we were expecting to see? Well, it was a massive win. It was a massive statement going into Baltimore and winning because, you know, we know what they were doing that year. They were leading that division. And it was Baker who comes out on top. And, you know, they're protecting him a little bit better, which was the main worrying, you know, it was the main concern here. They had to do that to give him time. But also they're using Nick Chubb a lot more and that's gone up every week. He's someone, look at the, the, the plays yet. He's absolutely devastating, you know. He helps them out so much on that offense, really opens it up. For also, uh, you know, the RPOs and getting their wide receiver involved. He's a key, key player, and it's one that they, um, one that can help them turn those disappointing close defeats into wins. And now they go in next week. We'll talk about the 49ers who do come off a bye week. Let's not forget, but they're going into three and zero. So you would say, yep, the team that's unbeaten, the 49ers, but maybe the momentum is with the brands because those two wins back to back, it's all, all, all changing and uh, turning. Mm, indeed uh it is changing and turning and uh, i knew that you wouldn't let me forget that the niners are coming off a bye week hence why they haven't <laughs> lost so far this season um uh, the other game was the raiders um turning it on really against the colts um and and the raiders getting that uh, on the road win um they're, they're going to be in a buoyant mood heading down to london because don't forget it is all about London and the NFL this weekend. Tottenham Hotspurs, fantastic stadium for, for NFL. Uh, I think it's purpose-built. It's going to be incredible. You've got all the screens there for everybody to watch every uh, moment of the game. Um, the Raiders will be in a good mood. They've kind of had an up-and-down season. They've got some results, but that one was a fantastic one against the Colts. Yeah, it was. And I, I, I really fancied the Raiders coming into it. And it's going to be key this week. We're finally here. It's the International Week. Four games in London. The very first ever game at Tottenham Hotspur. A brand new stadium for the NFL. I think it's like, oh, what is it? The 87th or maybe more something stadium that's been used. I've probably got that completely wrong for the NFL. This one, obviously, the NFL played a part. They helped invest money into this stadium. The all-purpose pitch, it, 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 it comes up from... a underneath I think the fans are going to have a great uh, time it's a brilliant stadium what a game and we know of the Raiders last year scoring zero points they blame the prep the build up hopefully they they know what corrections they need to make going into this one they're going to have the momentum the Bears have a, a backup quarterback although he's not really a backup in Chase Daniel he's more than that but it's going to be a great game we know of that defense you know the Mac revenge game as well this one has got a few certain storylines to watch out for in the first game of Tottenham going to be exciting it is indeed um well listen charlie i think that's a perfect time to to welcome on to the show adam goldstein um who is a massive bears fan so we're welcome on now and if you haven't already checked it out tailgate to heaven uh, a, a fantastic book uh, that's why we've asked him onto this show uh, to give us the lowdown adam are you well i'm good i'm uh, calling in from a broom cupboard so obviously you know very exotic locations for, for this week <laughs> very exotic indeed adam uh, we love your commitment so thank you for being on the show um now uh, people will know you from tailgate uh, to heaven a british nfl fan tackles america an incredible book charlie and i both love it um the goal was um 
to achieve what no other fan of American football has accomplished, to attend one live National Football League game uh, in every NFL stadium during one season. Um, remarkable book. People should definitely check it out. Uh, but knowing uh, what I do from reading the book, and I don't want to give too much away, you started uh, supporting uh, the Bears when you were five years of age. That's correct. When, when the Bears won the Super Bowl and... I don't want to say I'm like a bandwagon fan, but when you're a kid, you, you, they were on TV and you see them. And I guess, you know, people of that era followed the Dolphins, the 49ers, the Cowboys. But something struck me with the Bears. I was, I was a big Walter Payton fan. And um, yeah, I, I, I had my uh, wedding in navy and orange and I wear orange every day. And um, I, like, I think a lot of American football fans, both here and in the States, are both fans of their team and the NFL overall. I know a lot of fans when I was traveling, I'd be at a Denver game and people would be, I'd, I'd sort of ask them questions about the team and they just said, oh, we're from out of town or we've moved here for work. We just love football. And I know that uh, take, take football here, football, football. I'm a Tottenham fan, but I probably wouldn't go to neutral games. But NFL fans that I've met across the world would, would just go to any game. It seems to have that kind of mystique. and. On the field, obviously, I love the game on the field, but the NFL, that's their job to make it look good. And I think going to a game, there's so many things off the field, whether it's the tailgate, the jumbotron, the mascots, the, the food. But yes, as a, I am a fan of the sport um, on the field, but I've, you know, lived, the book and the trip was like living through as a fan. I've played football, not professionally, but I also coach now. So I think... And there's always more to learn, whether it's, you know, from a coaching point of view, just a fan, whether it's fantasy football. I think the sport and a bigger landscape has a lot going for it for people who might not be that into it or want to be into it in just a one particular angle. Are there any sort of highlights from that book or, or, or memories? I mean, obviously, you went to Soldier Field for the first time uh, to see them play the Saints. Um, what was that like heading up into Soldier Field, being a Chicago Bears fan, supporting them since you were five, but then getting there and then, and then getting to see your team amongst Chicago fans? Well, um, I actually saw them in, I think, the second or third game away in Indianapolis. So that was a weird one because I told myself I would root for the home team at each, what it would be like to be a home fan of each team. And then just as the schedule figured itself out that I was going to see the Bears away but I, I kind of rooted for the Bears on that one at the Colts but I didn't feel you know like here in England where you you're like oh I gotta go find the other away fans to buddy with because everyone's integrated there's not that kind of pack mentality and I was quite happy to see the Bears win on the road and then when I went to Soldier Field which was quite late on I ended up going there twice uh, the way the schedule worked and um, both were pretty cold days but I think when it is your own team you know, I'll watch any football and yes, because of fantasy, we can have another angle in or other ways, you know, maybe there's a player you like or whatever. But I think, you know, going to Soldier Field, which is um, quite a unique stadium. It's like got the old traditional stuff with like a UFO spaceship plant inside. Um, it's very loud and it's, it's, um, it's in a beautiful part of Chicago. And uh, yeah, I, I, I definitely, that was more sort of special for me. Um, I was trying to be neutral or sort of objective at each stadium, but you can't be really once you're a fan or, you know, so um, I, I had a blast in Chicago. And also what was really cool in Chicago, um, the tailgate, someone had a black London taxi, which was what my father drove uh, for 40 years. So I was going around the tailgate in a black London taxi, which was 
which was pretty bizarre, which was cool. Um, but I've now, I'm going to the Bears game this weekend. I think this is now, like, my long-term goal is to see the Bears play at every stadium away. So I think uh-huh. this weekend will be my ninth stadium seeing the Bears play at, yeah, other than Soldier Field, eight other stadiums I would have seen them at. So that's quite a, like a, a long-term sort of, that's not going to happen overnight, that one. No. But, um, but there was the other, I think, you know, I, the other things that I really remember from the trip is firstly how friendly everybody was at the Tower Gates, whether I was, I remember going to, going to Green Bay and, and I think the local press had said, oh, Bears fan comes to town. And I'm like, oh, no, here we go. I'm going to get stabbed. But um, could not have been more welcoming. People just wanted to be... I think everyone wants everybody else to have a good time at a football game, irrespective of which team you're rooting for. Um, And we don't really have that here. We have a kind of, oh, I'm the away fan. They're going to... People are going to... You know, people mock each other, but everybody's there for the love of the game. bit like when you watch rugby in this country, you, you kind of let the physical pugilism happen on the field as opposed to off the field. Yeah. And, um, but I guess the big, the big, the big one that, that was quite surprising, yeah, I knew I was going to Soldier Field, but the one sort of, I had a few pinch me moments meeting Mike Ditka, um, meeting Mo- uh, Michael Irvin, but, but it was one night when I met, um, it was actually a two year anniversary with my girlfriend who I brought out at the end of the trip to kind of prove to her that football's fun. And uh, we met all the Carolina Panthers players afterwards and D'Angelo Williams gave me his game day boots signed, which are still at home amongst all of like all the good trinkets that I collected. So um, kind of got a soft spot for the Panthers because of him. I know he's left now, but um, yeah. so that was uh, kind of cool. Cool. Uh, very cool indeed. You've still kept them, right? <laughs> yeah, I've still got them. And uh, it was, it was really magical because it was, yeah, it was snowing, it was cold. It was, it was a great game. And uh, yeah, everybody's walking out of the stadium. It was an amazing game. And I think whether or not your team loses or wins, it's always better when they win. But when it's just such an amazing game, even if you lose, you still know that was like worth the value of what you paid for the ticket. You know, like if the Bears lose at the weekend against the Raiders, I hope they don't. But if it's an incredible game, then we're all connected through going, wow, we're all there for that great game. And I think it was a great game. It was, you know, Bears-Packers rivalry. And um, and, and it's an interesting rivalry because it, it's not so hated. Um, I think there's a bit of a sort of a, a brotherly love about that rivalry. Um, whereas in England, you know, you think Tottenham Arsenal or other rivalries are quite sort of vindictive. This, this, it wasn't really. Um, and I think because both teams are quite old, there's a lot of history to both teams. Um, yeah. And it was, it was definitely a sort of a magical sort of walking out the stadium and uh, feeling definitely connected to the city and to the stadium and to the team more, more than I have done. Um, and but since then, I've actually seen the Bears play the Packers twice in Green Bay. Uh, oddly enough, I've got some Green Bay fans who want so I've I've seen them twice. I've seen the Bears play quite a few times in Lambeau, which is also a magical stadium, also great. Um, and actually, probably if I did the trip as a neutral, completely objective, I'd probably come away, probably being a Packers fan because of the 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 history and the stadium and it's in the middle of nowhere and all these fans just congregate yeah yeah i mean obviously you're talking about congregating there adam uh just to interrupt um are you excited about this sunday the first game at tottenham hotspur stadium well i am yeah i am super excited you know i go try to go to as many london games as possible um 
and this one, you know, me and my dad are Tottenham fans. So going to, we've not had a chance to go to the new stadium for football, American football yet. So I'm taking my dad and uh, we're very, and I'm, and I grew up not far from Tottenham. So excited to uh, see the new stadium, not just because it's a new stadium, but because in, the, in how have they enveloped it with, you know, NFL, I won't see the locker rooms, but I, you know, how does it feel for NFL compared to say Wembley or Twickenham, which weren't really built for American football. Um, so I'm obviously looking forward to that. And, and as you said, I've seen pictures of the screens, which strangely enough, I, when I went and did, went to see all the games in the States, everyone was very, you know, addicted about telling me about this big jumbotron and this and that. And it almost seemed quite um, a show off thing, but actually having the screen is really important. I think a lot of people uh, who really want to watch the game and study it, it's potentially from that level better on TV because you've got the angles, you've got the yellow lines, you've got the stats. So other games, games can be a bit of a blur. And having the, you know, the Jumbotron, you look up, up, you can see all the stats, you can see the replays, different angles. I think the Jumbotrons are really inherently part of the landscape of American football, more so than I think other sports. Yeah. Now, Adam, let's talk about it, get to the nitty gritty. What do you reckon for your Bears this weekend? You know, the Bears are, you know, a very talented team, but I think I'm, I am worried about our run offense. I don't think, you know, I think we're, and obviously with Trubisky being injured, Will he play, not play? I think that Chase did a really good job last night. And I actually think that we passed it a lot more considering we, we threw him in. And I think, um, well, the defence was great, stopped the Vikings' run game. But it, I reckon it would be a similar similar affair this weekend. I think the Raiders have a good run game, but we are great at stopping the run. So we're going to force Carr into passing, who's, who's very good. But I, I think our secondaries good good enough to to stifle them and I think the game will be won or lost on how good our passing ability is uh, against the Raiders secondary because I think we haven't got much of a run game but then you've got the whole Khalil Mack thing you know he's, he's obviously like from it's drafted by the Raiders so there's some storylines going in but I think the neutrals will want to see high scoring I don't really mind I'd like us to see us win and I'd like to see us um win with, uh, with with a better run game going into the you know it's going to be we're going to need a, a run game so if we can um, you know use this game to improve certain areas um, I think that'd be good but I just I think although I'm not going as a neutral I'm also thinking of the bigger picture of American football in this in this country so I, I would like there to see some scoring and it to be fairly cl- close normally mm. you would want us to be winning by the third quarter but I think it's always a better atmosphere at Wembley all these London games, when they are quite close, a lot of people stay around, you know, it's a six o'clock kickoff on a Sunday night. So if it is a shootout, people will start, you know, drifting away in the third or the fourth. So I think for the sake of the, the paying customers, I, I hope it's a close game, but I hope we win. Indeed. And, and obviously last season, um, it came down, I don't want to bring it up again for bad memories, <laughs> but that, you know where I'm going with this. Uh, yeah. Well, the new kicker looks pretty good. Yeah, I was going to ask you about good old EP, uh, Eddie Pinheiro. Uh, and I just did a Google search, actually, Cody Parkey. Um, he was trying out at the Jets, but he hasn't made his way back yet or onto any other TV uh, time uh, to talk about the kick. So, um, so uh, you, you must be happy. At least you've got the kicker in place if it comes down to the wire and it needs a field goal to win. Well, so far, I mean, regular season's different to the playoffs. It's different when it gets cold, but he, he, he looks pretty good so far. But we can't really um, rely on on the kicking game, really. Um, 
we've we've got to take chances. I mean, when I watched the Packers uh, Bears game, I noticed that um, when the Packers scored on that winning winning drive with Aaron Rodgers, you could just I know he only had that one really good drive, but you could really see the difference in quality between Rodgers and Trubisky. Look at um, the Trubisky versus Aaron Rodgers game in Week One when Aaron Rodgers came down and made that amazing drive. You could really see the difference in talent between them. Rodgers didn't dominate the whole game, but on that drive when he had to, it really made a difference. And Trubisky's young, he's talented, but he's no Aaron Rodgers, or not yet. And I think when you're not that good, you do need the weapons around you to really be firing on all cylinders. And if our run game isn't there, we can't really rely on just a kicker, a good defence, a bit of special teams. So... You know, most teams will have all three areas to be very good. Yeah, indeed, Adam. Listen, I'm going to put you on a spot. And thank you so much for being part of Ice the Kicker today. AFC in the Super Bowl, it's either going to be the Patriots or the Chiefs on current form. Who from the NFC is going to be in the Super Bowl? Go on. I'm going to put you on your spot right now. Adam. I don't want to say the Cowboys, but they're looking pretty good. So I'm probably going to say them or the Saints on the other side. Uh, so there you have it then, Charlie. Uh, Adam, being a Packers fan, uh, obviously his thoughts on that game that we were just speaking about a minute ago uh, with the Bears uh, in London against the Raiders. But uh, are you happy with an actual Bears fan saying that if he was a neutral, he'd end up supporting the Packers? No, it's just great to hear his experiences. And what a book, you know, Tailgate to Heaven, all these experiences, how he become a Bears fan. It's just, it's wonderful to hear. Brilliant insight, you know. And Adam's someone that, that obviously knows his stuff. And, you know, the experience he's had, you, you want, I want to copy them. I want to, uh, you know, I just want to do that everything is done. Well, I keep saying to you, Charlie, we need to go to America and, and do a tailgate, another one. We've done the Giants, but we need to do another one, don't we? We do, and now we've got the best person for advice, so uh, hopefully you're steering us in the right direction. <laughs> Indeed. All right, Charlie, um, uh, for those new to the podcast, uh, welcome. Lovely to have you here with us. Uh, what we do every week is we do Boom or Bust, which I have to say, um, we are having a torrid, a torrid uh, time with this at the moment. Uh, we take two picks uh, on a boom and a bust for the forthcoming week of action. Um, and at the moment, Charlie, I haven't actually scored uh, any. Yeah, uh, that laughter is, is all I need. You, you've got two so far. Uh, we said last week, um, my predictions were that the Redskins for a boom would win on the road against the Giants. I also said <laughs> five sacks for the Jags against the Broncos. And, and I think what I meant to say was uh, five sacks for the Broncos. But, you know, I've, I've written it down now. So, so that's it. So uh, uh, zero out of two for me. And yours, Charlie, you said... Um, Devontae Adams would get two touchdowns versus the Eagles. Um, and also, the Patriots would lose to the Bills. Uh, any thoughts on those? I, I could have done one with Devontae. He absolutely had a stormer of a game. I think he had 147 yards in the first half or the first quarter. Something ridiculous when I was watching it. Uh, not to be. And then he obviously got that injury. Uh, didn't get the touchdowns. So, that one was wrong. And, and what was my other one again, sorry? Uh, Patriots would lose. Yeah, Patriots. That's a shame. I thought the Bills might upset it, but again, TB12, you know, Bill Belichick, why, why do we think why? it's going to happen? Why Every do we feel three, you know, I thought that defence, you know, I thought Josh Allen, I thought he'd get him over the line, but throwing interceptions like they were going out of fashion. But <laughs> that, that Patriots defence, absolutely incredible. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll get two this week. Watch. 
watch. All right, I will watch. Um, just on a side thought, though, Charlie, I uh, may as well put it in now. Uh, obviously, the Patriots are 4-0. They go to Washington, uh, October the 6th. Look out. That, that'll make it 5-0. and Then they've got the New York Giants. Then they've got the New York Jets. Then they have Cleveland. At what point are they going to lose this season? What is the team that's going to step up? You've got the Ravens after that, the Eagles, the Cowboys, the Texans, the Chiefs. Are they going to have to wait till December the 8th to get their first loss? No, I don't think so, because they always lose a game that people don't expect them, and teams can improve and they can have an off day. I think it will come sooner than that. Okay, sooner than December the 8th. You heard it here first. All right, those are our predictions on that. Uh, I, I, I think uh, it will be December the 8th they will lose, uh, and they won't lose before that. Um, what are your boom and bust for this week going into week five? My boom is that the Steelers beat the Ravens. Backup Mason Rudolph, well, inflicts another divisional defeat on the Ravens. The Steelers get a boom this week. My bust is those poor old 49ers. They think they're loving it. They're 3-0. <laughs> Haven't really played anyone. That's what I'm saying, just to wind you up. And the brands, uh, they go and beat the 49ers. So the 49ers bust, baby. Okay, bust, baby. Uh, fair enough. Um, if the Steelers do beat the Ravens, do you think that's kind of season over for the Ravens that they started so well and they seem to be what, in week a little five? Bit are you mad season over they won their first games you what's the matter with you no chance hear me out, hear me out. No, I, don't, I don't need to because it's absolute nonsense we're week five they won their first two games they're currently two and two if they lose this they'll only be two and three and the division is wide open the brands might not win we, we know what's happening to the Bengals and the Steelers aren't there this division is well up for grabs do your research boy I was going to say, do you think it's the season over slide for the Ravens? I, no, they started so well. No, I was, no, Charlie. You, you just never no, let me was not. No, no. <laughs> I think they need to improve on that defense. Um, but there you go. Uh, the Browns, interesting enough, had, uh, in terms of yardage against the Ravens, 530 uh, combined yardage in offense. The Chiefs only got 503 against the Ravens. So unless they improve on that defense, those Ravens, like you say, are definitely not going to beat the Steelers. Uh, all right, my uh, boom is uh, for them Saints. They will get that win, but not only will they get the win against the Bucks at home, uh, they'll also get two interceptions against Jameis Winston. There you go, throwing that out there. Uh, that's my boom. And my bust is that the Giants lose at home to the Vikings, and there is going to be, wait for it, Two touchdowns for Kirk Cousins. There you go. As in, he's going to rush himself. I feel times. like that is never going to happen. He's going to throw it. Uh, Stefan Diggs, look out. That ball may or may not come to you. Do you, you watch the NFL? What are you talking about? If they're going to beat the Giants, of course he's going to have to... You mean he's going to throw for two touchdowns? Yeah, throw, he's going to get two touchdowns for Cousins, as in throwing two touchdowns, which he hasn't... So two passing touchdowns. He's not going to let Dalvin Cook rush you. Because you made it sound like Kirk was himself was going to get two touchdowns. Oh, okay. All right. Well, um, under the fact that Kirk Cousins has been struggling uh, throwing the football um, and getting I'm touchdowns. Say, so it's going to be quite a low game. They're going to win and he's going to get two throwing ones. Two throwing touchdowns, yeah. Is that, is that, right. Are you accepting that, Charlie? I'm accepting your nonsense, mate, as always. <laughs> okay, perfect. I'd uh, love to hear it. All right. In terms of games that you're looking forward to next week, well, what do you make of that, Jags? And the Panthers, we, we spoke about it on the podcast earlier on. Backup quarterbacks going in. Kyle Allen and the Gardner uh, going head-to-head in that one. What a win for the Jags against the Broncos. That came down right to the wire. He looks like the real deal, does Gardner. 
again, this is what we do, don't we? We're saying like real deal, Daniel Jones, real deal. And then we're doing it after two games, Lamar. Like, oh my God, Lamar destroyed the Miami Dolphins. This is really good. And then, you know, they've lost the last two and it's mad. And then when the Jays get their first loss or that, you know, Nick Foles comes back and, but yeah, I think he does look good. I'm agreeing with you, but it's just funny we all do it. But I think this is a massive game. And it's actually one that, out of all of them. I almost wish it was on. Like Gardner versus Kyle Allen, the Panthers look absolutely revitalised. And I know I mocked you earlier saying season over. I'll be honest, after that Panthers start, I thought, oh, this is it for the Panthers. This is going to be a really long year. I don't know what's happened to them at all. And now they've won the last few. And they're, you know, they're winning tight games. And it's completely different. This is a real interesting game to watch. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I think you're, you're right there. I think, I, I think the fact is, when backup quarterbacks step up, you think to yourself, just do the job. We're not expecting anything more from you. And I think, I think what people get excited about is they say, this guy's the real deal. Like, it, it, he's not just a backup. He could be a starting quarterback. And I know that people rush along, but it's not every day that a quarterback can come in and get a great comeback like that. And, and, and Fournette had, uh, I think, the uh, uh, stats were the highest he's ever had in the NFL in terms of his running. Um, fantastic work from him. And, and you're right, I think the Panthers look dead and buried without Cam Newton. But up steps Kyle Allen, who um, started the last game of the season last year for the Panthers and um, uh, uh, looked very solid. And um, uh, do you reckon it'd be a high-scoring game? Both, both defences um, like to, to get to the quarterback. So are you expecting a high-scoring game or...? No, not too high scoring, but I'm expecting a good game, that's for sure. Okay, all right. And, and in terms of um, Patriots, obviously, I'm looking at the, the fixtures here. Uh, they're going to get back to winning ways. The Jets come off a bye. We've obviously talked about the Niners. They're heading to the Eagles. Um, we know the difficulties the Jets are having. Uh, looking potentially like maybe going 0-4, and four, unless there's an upset. Well, we sat the Eagles. You wouldn't bet against Philadelphia, would we? We don't know what's happening with Sam Darnold, what the latest is on that. It's not looking good for something that was so much promise. Yes, it was the preseason, but Gase and Darnold, you know, they were scoring at will. It just, it just hasn't happened at the minute. No, it hasn't indeed. And, and what I like about the, the fixture second of the day, obviously the Thursday game, I think that's going to be a, a brilliant game. Uh, maybe maybe my highlight of the Thursday game for the season, Rams at the Seahawks. Um, both teams very, very strong in the NFC West. Um, but the Cardinals heading to the Bengals, they're 0-4. Zach Taylor still yet to get his first win. Um, the Cardinals have got a chance to get, to get that win. And so have the Bengals. One of these teams, unless it's a tie, is going to get that first W. Uh, what do you make of that matchup, Charlie? Yeah, it's an interesting one, ain't it? Because it looks like sometimes, just when we think Kyler's going to get over the line, they just don't. But uh, you would have to do it here. But Cincinnati have put in performances in, in quarters, in patches. They just need a little bit of consistency. I feel like all we ever talk about with the Bengals is that offensive line. It's where all their problems stem for. It's, it's so many storylines to each of the games. I mean, that is the beauty of the NFL, but that is certainly one to watch. Mm. And, and any other games? Obviously, you, not to talk about the Packers but the Cowboys surprisingly uh, fell short against the Saints and we've been talking about how good Dak Prescott was but I feel like we forgot how good the Saints run defense is and they they just they stuffed up Zeke Elliott like that was it they, they couldn't get Zeke to, to run the game they couldn't get the ball to Amari Cooper Dak Prescott um, that I think Jerry Jones will be the most happiest out of that result not for the loss but for the fact that he can maybe take off a couple mil off Dak Prescott's contract 
yeah, I don't know if it works quite like that, but this is the problem. You're going in. Green Bay at Dallas always is a classic game. The AT&T Stadium is always a classic. The, the games are just incredible. The rivalry, they mean so much to the NFC. It's going to be another game this weekend that, you know, both teams need to win coming off that defeat. But you just mentioned it there, and Green Bay don't have the best of running defences. Look what the Vikings done. Look what the Eagles done. Three touchdowns for Jordan Howard. If they can sort that out, but they could be missing Devontae Adams. That is a massive clash, 9.25 this week. The only 9.25 kickoff. And then obviously this weekend, we heard about it from Adam, but Chicago and Oakland to kick off the London games. Massive games, massive games. I think, I feel like week five, after this week, is the milestone week. Do you know what I mean? We're five weeks in. We know what we're getting. No one's really out of it at the minute but you you know those teams that need the win if they don't they they kind of are and but teams can turn their fortune around we saw the two and no ravens lose their last two the eagles started one and two they beat green bay now they beat new york they go into that three and two if if dallas win lose this game they would have lost the saints and green bay then all of a sudden the eagles would have been favorites when a few games ago it was dallas so this is the week where actually the division shape up and most of them of course because it has only been four games are wide open but after five, we should know a little bit more because we're seeing those division classes. Rams, Seattle. Do you know what I mean? There's so yeah. many this week. Denver, Los Angeles. There's loads this week. Yeah, you just mentioned them there. The Tampa, air. New Orleans. It's, it's, incre- it's, it's an incredible matchup this week. It, it is indeed. Um, uh, two teams on a bye are the Lions uh, and... Uh, the, the other team uh, uh, evades me uh, off the top of my head, but the two teams that are going to be the Lions coming off that that loss to the Chiefs, we we, we didn't mention it. They should have won it. They, they, at times, they should have won that game, and uh, uh, a bit of an upset. And of course, the Dolphins have a bye week. Uh, they'll be glad of that, to be honest. Um, but you mentioned it there, the Green Bay Packers at the Cowboys. Randall Cobb will be lining up against his former team. Um, what what will you do, Charlie, as a personal question, if Randall Cobb scores a touchdown? Will you be happy for him in terms of his career moving on and staying fit and healthy on the field? Or or will you be um, disappointed that he scored a touchdown against Green Bay? Well, I'll be disappointed because I want my team to win a game. I mean, if, if, if it doesn't affect the score and we're five touchdowns to the good, then... I mean, I'll only know at the end of the game, but I'll always wish a player like Randall Cobb. He was so brilliant for the Packers and the community and what he'd done and was a real, again, I hate to say it, but a pro's pro. He's, you know, he's a cult hero at Green Bay. I don't, I don't know about legend, but cult hero, that's for sure. And uh, I want any player, former player, to do well and wish him nothing but the best for the season. I hope he can achieve those heights that I certainly think he's still capable of. But as long as we get the result on the weekend, I won't care. <laughs> Lovely way to uh, to round it out, Charlie. Um, anything final to to, to look forward to in week five? Uh, d- obviously, we're both hoping our boom and bust uh, come in this week. But uh, uh, final thoughts, Charlie, or anything else to add? Send us your boom and busts. Uh, we want to know what you think on the weekend, and also we'll do a Twitter poll, and we want you to get involved in that. So keep your eyes peeled. Eyes peeled and uh, eyes front. Um, perfect. Well, listen, Charlie, always a pleasure. Um, I think we've delved into it. Great to have Adam on the podcast. Look forward to having him back again. Um, I'm just going to round it out and just say it's a goodbye from me. And it's a goodbye from him. <laughs>